It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff, are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddie? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters— With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is VSEN's Best Bets, giving you VSEN's top talent, handicappers, and guests to catch you up on what you may have missed. Hey, everybody, and welcome in. We're live at the South Point Sportsbook Studios in Las Vegas on the first day of March. That's right. March Madness is upon us. The NFL draft is not too much longer in the in the distant future. And the Major League Baseball season will be underway in about four weeks as we welcome you in. I'm Ben Wilson from the South Point. Big show today on VEASAN Best Bets as we hear from all of our morning shows and some of the main talking points going on in the sports betting world today. Coming up on the show, we'll get Josh Applebaum's plays on tonight's big college basketball card with small college conference tournaments now underway and some of the major power five teams in their final games of the regular season. Some big news regarding the NFL draft Columbine now underway in Indianapolis. How are some of the draft odds starting to move? And speaking to the NFL, we'll talk the latest potential rule changes in both the NFL and Major League Baseball, including that old tush push and the new controversy surrounding it, as well as some topics on the NBA, best and worst teams against the spread, as well as the MVP race. Is it officially over? We'll discuss over the next hour. Earlier today on Follow the Money with our Mitch Moss and Paulie Howard, which you can hear 7 to 10 a.m. Eastern time, Monday through Friday here on VEASAN. They had our guy Josh Applebaum, who hosts the Daily Morning Bets podcast, as well as the Market Insights podcast. It's a busy time in college basketball. How does Josh look to find value on the card, both on college basketball as well as the NHL? Here's Josh from the show this morning. Josh Applebaum joins the program now, sports betting analyst here at VEASAN. He's the host of two different podcasts, Morning Bets and Market Insights. Josh, good morning. Let's talk some college basketball here. Big one for Texas tonight on the road, catching now two and a half points 
against TCU. They're a half a game back at Kansas now in the Big 12, top of the standings. They get Kansas over the weekend in the regular season finale. What is your angle on this game, and uh, what does the market tell us about it so far this morning? Yeah, Mitch and Pauly, good morning. It's great to be with you. And I'm going to go with TCU on the money line here, guys. A couple reasons to look at TCU here tonight. Now, number one, kind of a fishy opener here. You know, you open TCU around a minus one and a half point home favorite. That opening line speaks volumes to me because you go on Twitter today, hashtag wrong team is favored. Why is TCU favored? Of course, you got to give, uh, you know, a home court advantage here. A couple points for that. But Texas is 22 and seven. They're number nine in the country. TCU is 19 and 10, number 22 in the country. So just from the standpoint of how an opening line can really be important and kind of uh, provide a bias play or kind of a wrong team is favored play for the public. Why is number 22 favored over number uh, number nine here? But what I really like about TCU is the fact that this line is moving in the Horn Frogs direction. TCU actually open again as low as my, as minus one and a half. We've seen TCU get bet up now to minus two and a half. There's quite a few shops that are juiced up minus two and a half, minus 115, like it may even go to three here. And that's notable because if you look at our bet splits here from uh, from DraftKings, only 45% of bets are on TCU tonight. So slight public play is Texas. Take the points, higher ranked team, better record. You got to take the points in this matchup. However, only 45% of bets on TCU, but 77% of the money. So that's a really good low bets, higher dollar bet split. When I'm using our DraftKings percentages, I'm ideally looking for a team that's getting less than half the tickets, more than half the money, and the line moving in their direction. You're getting that here with TCU. We have seen these Big 12 home favorites do great straight up. It's been really difficult pretty much in every conference, but especially in the Big 12, to go on the road and win. Big 12 home favorites are 48-20 and 20 straight up this year, 71% in conference play. TCU is 12-4 and four at home. Texas is just 4-5 and five on the road. Uh, it's also a revenge angle here for TCU. They lost to the Longhorns 79-75 back on January 11th. So uh, I'm going to follow the money here uh, for you guys here for the name of your show and go with TCU in this spot. Uh, I'm going to go money line, though, minus 145. I don't want to mess around with a one- or two-point win and not cash my bet. So I'll go money line with the Horn Frogs tonight. Okay. How about uh, Penn State Northwestern? Penn State blew a big lead in a game they had to have over the weekend. How do you think they respond? So we'll see. This is a kind of a short number here, Paulie, but I'll be leaning here toward Northwestern. Again, another money line play. It's a little bit higher. It's around minus 175, but you bet enough of these on these short spreads. You get clipped by a one- or two-point win. When you you lose it on the spread, you could have won on the money line. But I like this spot toward Northwestern because a couple reasons here going on. Number one, uh, what's the line doing here? What's How's the market reacting? This game actually opened Northwestern as low as minus two-and-a-half. We've seen Northwestern now get bet up to minus three and a half. Again, some shops even juice like it may go to four. So all movement here has been toward Northwestern. If you look at these conference home favorites, guys, short home faves in conference play, minus five or less with a full line move in their favor, which would match tonight with Northwestern. It also matches with TCU. Those teams are 115 and 85 against the spread, 58% this year. So you're covering, you know, again, almost 60% of the time in this kind of short home fave with a line move system play. Big 12 home favorites, same thing as the Big 12. It's hard to win on the road. Home favorites in the Big uh, Big Ten play are 71 and 24, 75%. Northwestern 13 and 4 at home. Penn State 3 and 7 on the road. They've really struggled uh, on the road, and they're only 8 and 10 in conference play. Northwestern 11 and 7 in conference play. So again, this is uh, Ken Palm only has Northwestern winning by three. So you're no longer with kind of a Ken Palm edge here. I'll go money line though. I like this move toward Northwestern. Again, you're buying low. Even though Penn State had a bad loss last time, Northwestern has lost two straight. They just got rolled by Maryland. I'm looking for them to bounce back at home here. I'll go Northwestern on the money line. How about a little hockey? The Rangers get Kane. They're $2 on the road against the Flyers. Yeah, I'm going to go with the Rangers here, Paulie. You know, I think it's important right now when you're betting hockey to be conscious of all these trades going down. I mean, we don't even have to wait uh, until, you know, trade deadline day. All these moves are being made a week prior. So it's really fun to be, you know, kind of watching how all these teams are loading up right now. 
but I like the Rangers in the spot for motivation. couple reasons. Number one, Kane isn't going to play today. It sounds like he's going to play tomorrow, make his debut. I don't think they wanted to have him turn around so quick and play tonight. So Kane won't be in the lineup, but you have added Tarasenko. You added another defenseman in that deal. And we're seeing this line go to the Rangers here. They open as low as minus 185. You're now up to minus 200. Uh, advantages here, both offensive and defensively. Uh, three and a half goals a game versus only two and a half here for the Flyers. Flyers have really struggled. They've lost 11 of 14. They're holding out James Van Riemsdyk tonight. You're seeing this more and more in the NHL where they're holding out these guys who might be involved in a trade. Also, Travis Konechny, the number one goal scorer and point scorer for the Flyers, he's hurt, so he's going to miss this game. So I think not, even though Kane's not going to play, it's kind of the boost of making a big move, sending a signal to your locker room that, hey, we're in it, and the management's going to back us here. I like the, the Rangers here in this spot. We have seen a couple really good system matches, uh, as well as a rest advantage here in favor of New York. Uh, you have um, the uh, the uh, the spot here with New York's rested versus a tired uh, Philly team here. That spot's 64% this season, guys. So it's a bigger number, minus 200, but it's a bet to risk, not bet to win, risking one unit, trying to get a half unit back. I'm going with the Rangers in this spot. Follow the money here on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. VEASAN betting analyst Josh Applebaum is our guest. One more here then on ice tonight. Both these teams have been very active as well before the deadline. Two extremely talented teams. Toronto is a small road favorite at Edmonton. Your thoughts on this game? Yeah, so you're totally right here, Mitch. Both teams loading up here. Matthias Ekholm was added uh, for uh, for the Oilers here. You've seen Toronto obviously bringing Ryan O'Reilly, Nola Chari. They just made a move for McCabe, the defenseman. So a lot of moving parts here in this game. Just a quick notable uh, mention here with the total. It's six and a half juiced up over minus 125. So it's, it's kind of rare you get a six and a half juiced over. You know, typically you'll see those juiced under a bit. So maybe a bit of a higher scoring game here. But I'm going to go Toronto in this spot, guys. The Maple Leafs opened. Minus 120. They've been bet up now to minus 130. If you see these road favorites, uh, awful win. They've been very good this year. They're 125 and 73, 63%. You also get a rested favorite off win. This is another big uh, rest versus tired matchup. You have Toronto who hasn't played since the 26th versus the 27th for the Oilers. Oilers are playing their third game in five days. Uh, you also get uh, this spot penalty kill advantage. Uh, Toronto's 30, uh, 32 and 19 as a favorite. They're 14, 9 and 4 on the road. I don't know if Ekholm's going to play tonight or uh, tonight or not. I think that's a big thing you got to look at, too, guys. Do you make a trade? Are you in the lineup the next day, or do you have to wait and go through, you know, obviously the league kind of rules and stuff like that? So Toronto's been playing great. You make these big trades. I think it's a low number on a really good team tonight. I'm going with the Leafs minus 130. You can follow Josh on Twitter. He is at Josh underscore insights. And again, his two podcasts called Morning Bets and Market Insights. Betting analyst here at Beeson. Josh, thanks for the time today. Best of luck tonight. I appreciate it, guys. Happy March 1st. The madness is almost here. Meanwhile, on Follow the Money, in addition to that today, with Mitch and Paul talking some interesting NFL thoughts, both involving the L.A. Chargers as well as the Cincinnati Bengals. Here's what Mitch Mitch and Paulie had to say on that team. Chargers GM Tom Telesco said this morning that there is no thought, and there has been no thought, of possibly trading wide receiver Keenan Allen this offseason. His cap hit for this upcoming uh, coming year is $21.7 million. And that team is $20 million over the cap. And they currently are the only NFL team paying two receivers $20-plus million per year. Michael Lombardi here on this network with uh, from the Lombardi line has said over and over again that Mike Williams is the guy that you absolutely have to pay. They did. Obviously, he's one of the two that makes $20 million. He's not the, He's not in that same ballpark with Keenan Allen. But so he said no thought of that, and that comes on the heels of 
Bengals GM Duke Tobin saying trading T. Higgins is not of mind. If you want a receiver, go yep. find your own. Yeah, I saw that. I, I think yeah, the odd man out in Cincinnati is going to end up being Joe Mixon at some point. Okay. And I know that uh, at DraftKings, you can bet B. John Robinson's first team, uh, our team to select him. Be- Bengals would be an interesting spot for him to land. I think he would just be a monster in that offense. And Daniel Jeremiah said yesterday from NFL Network, that he loves the idea of the Eagles taking Robinson high, but he, he said he doesn't see it happening. It's a really interesting point to consider because Bijan Robinson, yes, expected to be a very productive NFL running back, but would a team like Philadelphia take him 10th? That's where the Eagles select right now in the NFL draft. At DraftKings, Robinson is favored to go to the Eagles at plus 275, while Cincinnati is one of the long shots, 20 to 1 right now. If you're interested in making that bet, Bengals draft 29th in the NFL draft. As, as far as the current Super Bowl odds go, Chargers are going to be a very popular team going into 2023 with Joe Lombardi, the offensive coordinator, out. Kellen Moore, new offensive coordinator to lead the offense and his young quarterback, Justin Herbert. As we take a look at the updated odds, it's the Kansas City Chiefs as defending Super Bowl champs who will come into next year as favorites at 6-1 to one, with the Buffalo Bills right behind at 7-1. to one. So Bengals, a team that has a lot of moving parts, but also is in a pretty good salary cap situation not in danger of being in the red whatsoever. They're the third AFC team on the odds board at 10 to 1, with the Chargers joined by the Ravens next at 22 to 1. Meanwhile, for the teams atop the NFC, expectations are that the 49ers and Eagles will be right there once again. San Francisco at 8 to 1, but also have to deal with the question of who will be their quarterback come week one, with both Trey Lance and Brock Purdy set to come off injuries, with the Eagles currently sitting at 9 to 1. We're just getting started here on VSIN Best Bets. When we return, more NFL talk because a big name in the NFL draft now has some breaking news attached to his name, Jalen Carter. News broke this morning on a potential arrest for Carter. We'll give you the latest details up next in the reaction from Kelly Bidlin and Gil Alexander on a numbers game. That's all still to come right here on VSIN Best Bets. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. So I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to to change their tune. 
I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And guess what? So are we. Just in case you forgot, I'm Tori Deal. I'm a six-time finalist and a Challenge champion. And I'm Anissa Ferrer, and I've been gracing your screens for the last two decades. I am a veteran challenger and Challenge All-Star. And speaking of All-Stars, All-Stars 4 is finally here. I'm going to be honest. I literally thought this day was never going to come. Well, the challenge gods have answered our prayers and we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, redemption seekers, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. Anyone can win, relationships matter, and only one all-star will claim the title of Challenge Champion. Listen to MTV's official Challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is VSIN's Best Bets, catching you up on everything you missed on VSIN, the sports betting network. VSIN's NBA betting podcast, Hardwood Handicappers, is back. VSIN senior NBA analyst Jonathan Von Tobel goes through all the top storylines and betting angles across the association to help you become a smarter NBA better. Download and subscribe to Hardwood Handicappers wherever you get your podcasts. JVT is also joined on that podcast regularly by Kelly Bidlin, who is on a numbers game with Gil Alexander Monday through Fridays here on VSIN. That's from 10 a.m. to noon Eastern time. And today on a numbers game, breaking news took place when Jalen Carter, Georgia defensive tackle, found himself in some legal trouble ahead of the NFL draft. Here was Gil and Kelly on the latest surrounding the Georgia top prospect. Officially, there is now an arrest warrant out for uh, Georgia defensive tackle Jalen Carter uh, for two charges of reckless driving and racing. This is coming from Seth Emerson, and I'm looking at a media uh, press release right now from the um, Athens Clark County Police Department securing arrest warrants for Jalen Carter for reckless driving and racing. This is a dates back to an incident that had happened in January um, that took the life of a teammate and a and a staffer in a crash. Uh, so I don't know. There, there. You you can go and you can read the full story. I know it's it's been out kind of making the rounds everywhere this morning. You can kind of get the details on the background, but officially an arrest warrant has been filed. For Jalen Carter. Yeah, this, this is where it sort of becomes the sort of awkward and artful sports betting side of things where we, we sort of have to say there will be a portion of our audience now that upon hearing that will race to bet Will Anderson first defensive player drafted. Yeah, Carter also uh, originally scheduled to speak at the NFL Combine uh, right now. I'm seeing 1030 Eastern time, so I'm going to guess that's not happening anymore, but maybe 
check it out. Mm. Drew Dinsick uh, rejoins us kind enough to stick around for a second segment for both NBC Sports Bet the Edge podcast and the Deep Dive podcast, which he does with uh, Andy Molitor. By the way, Andy Molitor, I should be mentioned, Drew. One of the funniest dudes around. Can we give him, <laughs> can we give him, can we give him that title? I, I, no, no, uh, no arguments here. Yeah. Um, all right. There's that news. Yeah. What have you bet so far? Uh, Will Anderson, first defensive player, is my biggest stake out there. Mm. Um, I'm not even really joking, and this is a weird conversation to have, particularly in light of this, because this is a very sad and serious situation. Yeah. Um, I don't think that realistically this impacts Jalen Carter's ability to, you know, get drafted high, you know, have a potentially a, a long and pro- profitable uh, NFL career. This is like misdemeanor charges. Misdemeanor. Um, but uh, this has been quietly talked about for about a month and a half, uh, you know, close, you know, readers of the Atlanta journal constitution have, uh, heard of this going back at least a month ago. And I'm, I'm not sure why it took so long to really catch mainstream fire. The fact that it was sat on until 15 minutes before his media day appearance at the combine yes. feels a little bit like yeah. a little, a little, uh, you know, you want to, you want to, you want to be cynical about betters who are running to the window, uh, to, to bet on this news. It feels a little cynical that the news dropped when it did for maximum yeah. impact, uh, to really, uh, you know, to impact this kid. Um, that said, you know, he, he did something that pretty horrific, uh, you know, drag racing a teammate who ultimately dies. And then, uh, you know, lying to police, you know, fleeing the scene and lying to police about it is not a great look. If that's what exactly, you know, if that's what transpired, um, then that's what's being, uh, you know, put out there by law enforcement right now. So, um, you know, that impacts his uh, draft status or certainly in terms of being taken in the top five, in my opinion, uh, I think on the heels of this news, as well as the reports that, um, you know, Bryce Young is going to weigh in in the 200 pound range at the combine, um, you know, during his appearance, I think that that firms up the top two picks in the draft. You're probably going to see Houston and Chicago swap here. Uh, Houston takes Bryce young one and, uh, Chicago takes Will Anderson two. Um, I don't think I, I, I put the probability of that, you know, kind of happening above 50% now I would put Bryce young going one well above 50%. Um, and, uh, Will Anderson being your first defensive player, I'd put that in the 80% range. Um, Chicago and Houston, it's kind of funny and karmic, I guess, because, you know, Houston is in this position because Lovey Smith won that final game of the mm-hmm. season with the two point conversion. And, uh, you know, the way that uh, Houston treated their coaches the last two years, it feels like this is a little bit of the football gods, um, you know, exacting some revenge and taking a pick away from them and giving it to Chicago. Um, but, uh, you know, I don't think Chicago is going to get fair offers for teams to move up to one, the way that the kind of the winds are swirling right now, you have certainly quarterback picks going two and four if the, if the order were to stay the way it is to Houston and Indy, um, increasing likelihood that Seattle is in the mix to take a quarterback, particularly based on just the fact that they see themselves as unlikely to ever be at the top of the draft for the next four or five years. Uh, and they don't see Geno Smith as a long, long term option. And so they're going to go get a guy, uh, to develop, to draft and develop. And then, um, you know, lions are in that exact mix as well. Lions in Seattle are interesting because 
they can go anywhere. They're teams that look that that feel like they are in contention in 2023. So they're going to try to get talent. But they also know that this is sort of their last bite at the apple to get elite quarterback uh, talent without giving away tons of assets. Uh, and so five and six are absolutely in the mix for quarterbacks. We know seven and nine in, uh, you know, with the, with the, uh, Raiders and the Panthers don't have answers at quarterbacks at the moment. So what is that then? That's six teams out of the top nine for four quarterbacks. I don't need you to do the math to tell you that that's not enough quarterbacks to go for all those teams. So that creates, I think a pretty significant bidding war for the three seed. Um, from what I hear, all of the teams outside of Houston, you know, aside from some slight interest with the Colts have kind of, you know, they don't love Bryce young enough to give the bears, a, you know, a godfather offer to move up to number one. Um, so I think that that makes the, the, the Carolina, excuse me, the Arizona pick at number three, sort of the target for everyone who wants to get ahead of the Colts to take their choice of the, uh, you know, the two, three, four at quarterback. And it could be anyone like I, I there's, there's, I don't know that teams have even decided. Um, but I would, I would expect that, um, Panthers Raiders, uh, and even the Lions and the Seahawks would consider uh, flipping uh, with the Cardinals at three in order to get their choice of guys. So um, at this moment, I would say you're looking at quarter four out of the first five picks, probably quarterbacks. And then the fifth is Will Anderson to the Bears. I, I, uh, I think everything yeah. you're saying makes a lot of sense. And by the way, for those who are listening and, and asking, hey, why would Houston at two then if they know Chicago is not going to draft a quarterback? Why would they have to trade up? Well, they'd have to trade up to prevent the other teams from trading yeah, up, basically. Right. Are right. you convinced that that pick for Houston would be Bryce young. Uh, I am. I think he's the lowest risk prospect of all of these guys. And, you know, even he's with the, his height, yeah. he's the lowest yeah. risk. Well, I mean, in, in just in terms of being able to play the, the position at a, at a pro level, um, you know, his, the, the height and the weight, if the height is unfixable, that is plenty of plenty, plenty of guys though. At this point, there is enough of a track record between Russell Wilson and drew Brees and even Kyler Murray to a degree. Like there's enough of a track record of short quarterbacks succeeding in today's NFL that I don't think height scares anyone and the weight, but the weight question mark was an issue and he's presumably going to answer that in a couple of days when he weighs in here. So, um, and also weight has never scared me. And I don't think very many people about, you know, NFL body because you know, yeah, he's a young guy like that. This is fixable. Like you put a guy on a specific diet and training regimen, you're going to get, you know, get him to play at 200 pounds. And, you know, even with a frame that Bryce young has. So I don't think that weight ultimately is, is going to scare people away from ranking him as the best of these quarterbacks. He's got an elite arm. He's got elite uh, kind of ability to read and, and, and just perform the, the job of quarterback at a pro level. So um, all the rest of the guys there have some question marks, uh, either, you know, just in general, you know, they have high, maybe higher ceilings. So, you know, if you've heard people talk about Anthony Richardson and Will Levis is having, uh, you know, Josh Allen type of ceilings and, you know, Bryce young maybe is, is not, does not have that for whatever people th see and think, cause he's not as big, but, um, he still has a huge arm. So I, I don't, I don't think it really scares people. And I think the fact that mm. Indy is already on the record as, yeah, we like the kid from Alabama. Yeah. You know, they, they've, they've put up enough floaters there that Houston, <laughs> Houston, once they kind of settle in on Bryce young as our guy, I think that makes the most sense for them to flip flop to one. Um, and honestly, like giving enough of up enough assets to move up to the one, if you're outside of the top four, I, I don't see it. It's just, it's too much to, to move up. And, and Bryce young is not that elite of a prospect that I think anyone outside of the top four could pull it off. Um, all that said, 
the bears, the bears, man, uh, they are in a very interesting situation. If I were the general manager of the, you know, people have kind of spent a lot of time this week talking, or, you know, last couple of weeks, should they trade fields? Should they trade the one, you know, what do you do here? I, I mean, I have, the answer is staring you in the face, trade both. Like this is absolutely the peak value you are going to have for Justin Fields. If you want additional assets to rebuild your team, you need to rebuild your team. You are absolutely staring at the one pick for next year. All of these other teams that would realistically be in the one are taking quarterbacks this year. All of the teams that would realistically, uh, you know, be in the mix to take Caleb Williams are going to have guys that they are trying to develop. And so I think the bears really should think about moving both. Okay. But uh, like getting but, maximum value, but likelihood that they did both. What would you put the zero, percent? Yeah, zero. Relatively low. Yeah. yeah. Relatively low. Yeah. They're yeah. not doing that. Again, the guys on a numbers game with Gil Alexander, Kelly Bidlin joined today by Drew Dinsick. We still have a lot to get through though on VEASAN best bets coming up. Some thoughts on new rule changes in major league baseball, some potential rule changes, maybe. In the NFL, including the tush-push controversy, we go back to our Follow the Money guys with, with Mitch Moss and Paulie Howard discussing the latest as we continue right here on VSIN Best Bets. This is VSIN's best bets, catching you up on everything you missed on VSIN, the sports betting network. We welcome you back in. It is VSIN best bets on the first day of March 2023. I'm Ben Wilson back at our South Point Sportsbook Studios as we go back to our morning crew. Follow the money from 7 to 10 a.m. weekdays here on VSIN and one of our favorite segments across the network, Real or Fugazi. We have that topic with a bunch of different things around the NFL and MLB that our hosts Mitch Moss and Paulie Howard tackled on the show today. Mitch Moss and Paulie Howard are here to make you a friend of ours. That would mean you were made, guy. Investigating what is and isn't legit. Assessor Fugazi. Assessor Fugazi. We looked at it for two seconds. Seeing through the lines to make you a better better. I know you know. And I know you know I know you know. The FTM Army is being sent for. An odd thing you get sent for, you go in alive, you come out dead, and it's your best friend that does These two wise guys would never steer you wrong. Forget about it. This is Real or Fugazi on Follow the Money. All right. Real or Fugazi? The fourth and 15 in lieu of the onside kick must happen, and the NFL needs to take it from the XFL and put that in immediately. Well, I would, I would say the NFL has to absolutely consider it. Is it real? I mean, what you just said, must? I would love it. Will the NFL make it a must priority? Probably not. But should they? I would think that's two different things. Yes, because the onside kick is an irrelevant play. Unfortunately, it's irrelevant in the NFL in, in today's sport. So they took away the effectiveness of what that's actually like for the team kicking off. Only so three were successful. All three, of last year. The whole year. That's it. So why not fourth and 15 would add so much drama to the game? Again, people don't like change. The pitch clock stuff. You're going to like okay. it. Yep. This, I think, would win people over, and I think it would be a total game changer. No, exciting that is. Of course. It happened right away off the bat, first week in the XFL. That's a great idea. Fourth and 15, you get it, and then the drive continues. No outside kick. How many teams would actually try that before it's desperation mode? Right? Sure. Third quarter. Uh -huh. I'll take my ch We're up by 10. I'll take my chances. I'll go for it on fourth and 15. Yeah. Love it. Uh, another one. The Eagles tush push needs to stay real or fugazi. Well, that's absolutely real. 
why would the NFL want to take that away? Because it's too easy for that team? I'll go back to uh, our buddy, Paul Stone, who tweeted this out during the Super Bowl. He said, you know, I hear that question all the time. Why don't more teams do it? It's because Jalen Hurts was like a power lifter in college, and he could squat 600 pounds. Not all quarterbacks are built the same way. So not every, this has been a carbon copy league for as long as I can remember. I don't want to put words in his mouth, uh, but and I don't think he said cheating, but not get, Peter King is, is anti-tush-push, wants it out, wants to get Because they're it. so good at it? I, I, Did you have a problem when Reggie Bush pushed Matt Leinart yeah. into the end zone against Notre Dame? Was that a big problem? I, I don't have a problem with it. I, don't, I, don't, I also don't see how a team can stop it. I think it's a great job by the Eagles to, uh, to do it. And, and to take advantage of it, and that's it was, so, it was uh, easy. So you're yeah, telling me that because they were too successful at it, the yeah. league might step in and say one yeah. team can't do it anymore. Yeah, I'll look I think it's outrageous. Yeah. He has a whole long explanation on why he doesn't like it, but that's uh, okay. Seattle looking at a quarterback at number five, real or Fugazi? I'm going to say real yet again, and I'll give you a little bit of this. Now again, it could be line season, <laughs> but this is from uh, real GM talking football. Uh, both John Schneider, who was the GM up in Seattle, and uh, head coach there, Pete Carroll, they've talked about it this week, of course, with the combine going on. Now, they still, they are probably going to re-sign Geno Smith the way it looks yes. anyway to like a two-year deal. Yeah. But why not bring in a guy and whoever that quarterback might be and who's there at five? It could it be a Will Levis or Anthony Richardson? Certainly possible. Are either one of those guys uh, ready to play in the NFL today? I would say probably not. So there's nothing wrong with sitting them for a year or two and learning the system and, uh, you know, the scheme and the players and the coaches for a couple of years. This is from Carroll. Quote, we are totally connected to the quarterbacks that are coming out. This is a really huge opportunity for us. It's a rare opportunity. We've been drafting in the low 20s for such a long time. You just don't get the chance with these guys. So we're deeply involved with all of that. End of quote. The last time they had a selection in the top five was 2009. They took a linebacker for it, what it's worth. Um, GM John Schneider, when asked how the Seahawks are looking at this year's quarterback class, quote, a lot. Every year, honestly, we really look at it a lot. Like I said earlier, we haven't picked fifth overall since we've been here. So, yeah, I got out to see a lot of the quarterbacks this year. It was pretty fun. But honestly, every year we've tried to do that, and we've tried to add quarterbacks. End of quote from Schneider. I think this is absolutely real, where you can't be stunned if they would actually take a guy, like I said, at number five. They kept the pick and decided to go quarterback. Yeah, you never know. They signed Matt Flynn to that big deal. When they take Wilson, oh, wow, he's our starter, right? right? A right. race competition. I mean, just what happened in San Francisco this past year. And, right. Do I think yeah. that's the best idea? Yeah. Uh, depends on who uh, is on the board. Like, if Will Anderson is on the board at number five, I'd say don't take quarterback, take Will Anderson, right? But I will also point out that do we think Geno Smith is the savior because of what he did this past year? I will remind people again, he faded big time down the stretch. Um. Man. So I, I, I don't know if you can really bank on this guy yep. to be there and be super effective again over the next year or two. The pitch clock is one of the best moves a sport has made in a long, long time with MLB. Real or Fugazi? I want to let it play out a little bit and let it breathe in the regular season. But so far to me, so good. And uh, kudos to the people who are making these videos on Twitter and social oh. media go viral. Oh. There was... And I know you're going to bring up one example. I think right. it was, this, it, was it, Baez was pitching in the playoffs in 2016. And they did an overlay of that video at the same exact time of Jose Altuve hitting an inside-the-park home run. Jose Altuve would have done the 
there was enough time for him to hit the inside the park home run and round the bases seven times in between pitches that were thrown. How how, how, I, how I do you fight understand. this? How, okay. how is it a bad idea? Amen, brother. It's not. So I, I tweeted this out yesterday at Paulie Howard on Twitter. Take a look at it. How are you against this pitch clock? This is the type of stuff that eh, I don't want. It's, it's one thing. I don't want the three and a half hour games or I want offense, but it, you can't have the standing around grabbing your ass and doing nothing. Look at the video I tweeted out. It was also bias. A, a pitcher just uh, threw an entire inning, completed an inning before Baez threw a pitch. Yeah. The stuff that this sport must get rid of is the guy looking and Baez looks in for the sign, right? And then he comes set <laughs> and he waits and he waits and he waits. So finally, the batter calls for time. Then he walks off the mound, takes a little stroll, comes back, gets ready again. Looks in for the sign, waits, and then does the fake to second and steps off. I mean, it's two minutes without throwing a pitch. It's ridiculous. Of course it is. Not the men that throw over to first again and throw over to first. And they can't, between the, the stupid meetings at the mound, come, it, it, get in the box. It should take, it, I mean, we played baseball growing up. It's like, what are you doing? You know, this adjusting the batting gloves. The, not everyone's a Nomar Garcia par, but you see a couple guys like that and always touching the pitcher, touching the hat and fidgeting. The ritual. and Get the ball, get in the box, and let's go. Yeah, there was a – Too pl- much of this. This you're gonna, If you can shave 20 minutes off a game, which should be easy right. to do by just saying 8, 10 seconds, let's go stay in the box. I will say this is going to change um, how people attend baseball games. Because it is kind of like a daily event where you can go out there, you know you're going to, in a lot of spots, right, soak up the sun for a full day. You might get there a half hour before the game, walk around the ballpark, you have a couple of beers, take the kids, a hot dog, you know, some pitchers, and you're going to sit there for, and t- you're going to, Vin Scully, pull up a chair, you're going to be here for a minute, right? It totally changes when, if you go to a game on a regular basis and you're there with the family or some, one of your friends and you expect to get three hours out of it or three yeah. plus hours. Yeah. You go from that to maybe two hours in a Greg Maddox type of game. You know what? It, it happened to me, though, and that's fine. I, every yep. year I would drive to Wrigley Field. It was an eight-hour drive from Minneapolis. Right. And John Smoltz uh, shut out the Cubs and Jim Bollinger. It was 2-0. The game was 2-10. But it, th- those are the breaks. That's, that's, but I still had a great time sitting in the bleachers. Of course. Like, that's yeah. how it, but the, you can't. Things change. People change. And you can't do this anymore. College football is looking at it, too. Yeah. You can't have three and a half, four-hour games. No, they're. they're you, you can't do it. Yeah. The. If if baseball becomes a two-hour event or a two twenty two thirty, do you know how much more friendly that is on TV than it is today? I'm just I, I'm sorry. Um, the younger demographic puts that on and says, "Nope, thanks." No they, way. They, they immediately change the channel. Can't. I can't do this when you just see the stand and nothing happening. Yep. Standing around, no pitch. Step off. Throw to first. Okay. Meeting at the mound. I mean, nothing is happening. I. I bring up to I, I bring up Major League Baseball to people who are probably 10, 15 years younger than me. It is it, the last time I got a reaction other than somebody like Jonathan Von Tobel who works here at the network. It's what baseball? No, haven't watched it. I, there's no chance I would ever give it a, a prayer. You, 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 well, you also play 162 of these too, which is a whole other discussion. I know, but it's I like, know. Come on, yeah. I can't again. Going back to the, the, I the one it. thing that I love Peter King. He's the best there in the business. He's anti-tush-push. Ah, that's not good. 
Well, you know, if you look at your TV guide these days, the, the baseball games only have a three-hour window, so it's, it's probably time to get a little bit more. Uh, if you're going to go disingenuous route, at least at least be real with us. Put 3.30 on the full TV guide. That's my big issue with these time of games is baseball's trying, trying to limit the time of games this year. All right, when we come back, one more segment on VSIN Best Bets. We'll go back to the NBA, some discussion on where the MVP race is at. Is it over? And who's performing very, very good and very, very bad against the spread? We'll check in on those topics as we continue right here on VEASAN Bets Bets. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. So I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take DC. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to, to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And guess what? So are we. Just in case you forgot, I'm Tori Deal. I'm a six-time finalist and a Challenge champion. And I'm Anissa Ferrer, and I've been gracing your screens for the last two decades. I am a veteran challenger and Challenge All-Star. And speaking of All-Stars, All-Stars 4 is finally here. I'm going to be honest. I literally thought this day was never going to come. Well, the challenge gods have answered our prayers and we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, redemption seekers, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. Anyone can win, relationships matter, and only one all-star will claim the title of challenge champion. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty, Sports Scandals. 
Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is VSIN's best bets, catching you up on everything you missed on VSIN, the sports betting network. Before you make your next bet, be sure to visit vsin.com to check the current betting splits data. Want to know where the money and bets are moving every game? The betting splits page is updated with DraftKings odds every 10 minutes, so you can see changes in all the action. Find out where the public is betting based on the number of tickets and where the money doesn't match the public opinion. You can check out not only today's action, but future events as well. Betting splits are another way vsin is here to make you a smarter, better year-round. Check out today's betting splits for every game at vsin.com. As we're back for the final time on VEASAN Best Bets, loaded NBA card on a Wednesday, getting you set for a big slate of games, a lot of line movements. Uh, one big note, Miami has flipped to favorites, now laying two points against Philadelphia in a rematch of a game from Monday. Uh, before we get into some of the final thoughts for the card tonight on Follow the Money this morning, they discussed some of the best and worst teams against the spread as well as best and worst on the total. Who is outperforming and underperforming as we check back in with Mitch Moss and Polly Howard? The Thunder checking in at number one overall, Paulie, 35-23-3 and three on the season, covering on average by 4.1 points per game this late in the season. That's very impressive. Already gone over the win total. Great season. SGA's been awesome. Yep. The Bucks, a lot of times laying huge numbers, 34-23-4. and four. Yeah. Like you said earlier, they screwed around last night for a while before they really put the clamps down, and they were awesome in the second half. 76ers 34, 25, and 1. Knicks are eight games over 500. The Kings, same, 34, 26, and 1. And the Nuggets, 35, 27, and 1. Your worst teams in the NBA against the spread. Oh, there boy. you go. The Mavs. Oh. Look at that, Mark. 22, 38, and 3. And it happened again last night. And the bigger one is when they're laying at least five points. Yeah. 5, 21, and 2. Oof. Thanks to Joe Osborne for that. The Heat. Yikes. Also yep. very disappointing. 22-37-3. Another podcast I listened to, the Hardwood Handicappers, Von Tobel and Bidlin, pointing out that Hawks tickets to win that division are absolutely live, and they've doubled down and added more. Uh, then they lose at home last I, night I know, to the rough Wizards. One, but rough one. But they don't trust the Heat at all. Yeah. Well, it was a big win in Philly. And they get them again tonight. Yeah. The Rockets are 23-36-2, and, and they're catching, and the Spurs, 25 37 uh, overall on the year, catching massive numbers. Yeah. Spurs did last night. Rockets did not. Hawks 27-34-1. Pistons 27-32-3. As we flip it now over to totals in the NBA and your best teams going over the total, the Warriors are 35-25-2. Hawks 36-26. OKC, they get involved in a lot of high-scoring games, 35-26. San Antonio... Terrible defense, 34-26-2 to the over. Sixers on the list, as are the Mavericks, and I think the Mavericks are going to finish strong. We'll see how these numbers adjust, but again, in the 230s, didn't go over against the Lakers on Sunday, but that was not enough points last night against the Pacers. Best teams to the under in the NBA. The Bulls are 37-25 and 25 to the under. Yeah, that's a surprise. Under I the radar. Hard to get a read on this team this year, too. Yeah. Very hard to see how they finish the season, but... Yeah. And they're on a back-to-back tonight. Mm. Grizzlies are 32-26-2 to the under. 
Heat, 34 and 28. The Clippers, Hornets, and the Magic round out the list. One of those teams Mitch and Paul mentioned as far as best against the spread records, the Milwaukee Bucks, who have won 15 straight games, are taking money now in the market. Just within the last five minutes, market anticipating Yantis Antetokounmpo playing on the second leg of a back-to-back. Bucks hosting Orlando tonight. We're as low as 7.5 in the market, now rising as high as 9 just within the last few minutes. Speaking of Giannis and the Bucks, how will they factor into the MVP race? And is the race even still a thing now with Nikola Jokic moving to a big minus money favorite? This morning on a numbers game with Gil Alexander and Kelly Vidlin, they discussed that topic as Jokic's number has now moved north of minus 300 in the latest markets. Giannis had a big game last night. Uh, 33 points, 15 boards. The Bucks come back to beat the Nets. They've won a million in a row, is it now? 16 in a row? What is it? Didn't, didn't lose in the, single, in the month of February. So they're just on fire. But Nikola Jokic just messing around with another triple-double. 14 points, 11 boards, 10 assists. As far as his triple-doubles go, very ho-hum triple-double. But he does again. In the MVP market, Nikola Jokic is now minus 350. You flirted with a Giannis bet yesterday, and you thought better of it. Yeah, 16 in a row for the Bucks. Yeah, so this was Monday. We were uh, JVT and I were talking about it on Hardwood Handicappers, um, and there was there was 11 to one here in town, a 14 to one, and I saw a 16 to one on Giannis, and I got close. I'm like, <laughs> man, I don't know. Like, you know, there we saw this. It, the, the biggest thing that JVT and I were talking about was there should not be this this big separation between Embiid and Giannis that there was. And, and, That's and it, true. And it has changed a bit. At the time we were t- looking at it, Embiid was like plus 350, and, and Giannis was 16 to 1. Right? What, what is this separation? Especially when we saw that Bontemp straw poll, that most of those guys had Giannis ahead of, of Joel Embiid. So when it got down to that range of like 16 to 1, yeah, I thought about it, and I thought about it hard, Gil. But after these past couple games, nah, man. Jokic just doesn't stop. It's another ho-hum triple-double for him last night. It's nothing crazy. Uh, I think it was 14, 14, 10, and 11, uh, I think is what he had last night. 14, yeah, 10 and 14, 11 rebounds, 10 assists. Um, he just doesn't stop. Like, this is not stopping, and he's going to – the problem is, Gil, is when, when we look deep into the, uh, you know, more analytical side and the voters that do that, it's Jokic. He also, though, he's going to have these eye-grabbing, uh, you know, factoids out there, right? Like where he's going to have the most assists for a big man in history. He's going to end up in the top three in assists probably for the NBA let as me, a center let me, this Let me just step in, step in and make this easy. He has 24 triple-doubles, right? 24. 24 triple-doubles. The next is 10 from Luka. And if you say to yourself, okay, well, triple-doubles is not the end-all, be-all. Okay, great. Here's the thing. He, I have a buddy, Tommy, who he prefaces things he's going to say that are important by going, get, get, he's like, um, get, get ready for this comment, Gil, that I'm about to make. This comment I'm about to make. I, I feel like I should start doing that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, get ready for this comment. Um, if, if, if Nikola Jokic is not the MVP, I don't know what an MVP is yep. anymore. Because how can he not be? He, when he's on the court, he controls the entire basketball game. Everything goes through him. Now, that's not to say that they're going to win the NBA championship. The postseason is a different animal. But from an 82 regular, uh, 81 regular season game schedule, 80, pardon me, I always get it confused, 82, 82 in the NBA, 82. 80 in hockey, 82 in the NBA. He's, he's the guy, and he's going to win his third straight, and the only other people that have done this before are Larry Bird, Will Chamberlain, Bill Russell, and Nikola Jokic will be 
the fourth. And bar even if he got hurt right now, he would have a shot. Yes. We've so, gotten to that point. So, and, and that was my biggest thing for t- the past couple days of debating that Giannis bet or not. It's, okay, we've now gotten to the point, like you said, where I don't even know an injury affects right. us anymore. So I'm, I'm waving the white flag back here. Not that I have – I don't have bets on Jokic this year. Last year I had a bunch. They cash got home. That was nice. I don't really have anything live in this market. I also didn't really invest too heavily in this market this year. But I'm waving the white flag as of today, Gil. This, I think this is done. I think it's over. I think it's Nikola Jokic. I brought this up for you last time. The, uh, we talked about this, kind of the on-off stats for these guys. Jokic, on the floor. This is from Cleaning the Glass. They do stuff a little bit different because they take garbage time minutes out. Plus 27.6 with Jokic on, on the court versus off the court. The next guy that comes even close is Joel Embiid at plus 12.5. As Kelly Bidlin states, yes, the advanced analytics are extremely stark in favor of Nikola Jokic. And as we take a look at the per-game averages this season, when you're averaging a triple-double and you have 24 on the season, it is easy to see why your odds are so shortly priced at minus 350. Giannis Antetokounmpo right now at DraftKings has continued to drift up. He's now at plus 850, but other books have him in the double-digit range at 10 to 1. As much as I'm tempted to sit here and wave the white flag and say, yes, Nikola Jokic is going to automatically win this award because of our seeming, seemingly unending infatuation with triple doubles in the NBA. You know, Kevin Malone in the office once said, if you get odds at anything of 10,000 to one or longer, you just are obligated to take it. Now, while Kevin is still waiting for John Mellencamp to win an Oscar, I would say in our current state of sports betting with the NBA, if you ever have Giannis Antetokounmpo with the all-around game-changing talent he is at 10 to one or longer to win an NBA regular season MVP, that is a bet you are probably obligated to make if it is still outside the final 12 to 15 games of the season, simply because of what he provides on the floor. A guy who's putting up better numbers this year than he has done in previous MVP campaigns in Antetokounmpo. And a guy who's, when he's on the floor, makes all of his teammates around him better. The way he's able to extend from the perimeter with his length, drive to the basket, and basically one dribble and open up windows for teammates like... Drew Bled, Drew a holiday, Eric, uh, we, when you have Chris Middleton on the outside and Bobby Portis on the interior, it's a guy who makes the rest of the team better. And are you really going to tell me that 10% or less of the time voters would not come together and say, you know what, Giannis, everything weighted equally with his team right now in first place in the East is not the most valuable player. Under 10% of the time is kind of an insane uh, number to look at for Antetokounmpo. As much as I agree with what Kelly and Gil say that the stats do speak clearly and speak volumes about Nikola Jokic's supremacy winning the MVP in the NBA. Not out of the question that Giannis could sneak in and win this thing with his odds so, so long right now. So that'll do it for us here on this edition of VEASAN Best Bets. Big thanks to Tom Catlin, our producer, and Matt Hicks, Dakota Martin, our technical directors behind the scenes. As we wrap things up, up next, Sharp Money coming your way here from the South Point in Las Vegas with Patrick Maher on Mall Shop, along with Dustin Sweetelson, right here on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff, are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddie? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. 
In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official Challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.